the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. We are live with the Combat Cast. Guaranteed Randy Osga's favorite TV show about MMA, radio show. What are we? I guess. I don't know. YouTube. Broadcast. Broadcast. Thank you. <laughs> and we're going to talk some fights today. Last week and this week, but Chevy, what do we got coming up beyond that? July 23rd, UFC Fight Night, Blades versus Aspinall. That's a 3 p.m. Eastern card. We got two early cards in a row. Thank you, Uncle Dana. July 30th, we got UFC 277. That's Pena versus Noons 2 yes. for the Bantamweight title. And then August 6th, we got UFC Fight Night, Santos versus Hill. And you never know, maybe we'll talk a little bit about Jake Paul's stupid fight he's got to <laughs> absolutely the paul brothers all around making noise Let's see we got someone in the comments here who is it it's producer joe what's up guys joe hey producer joe joe <laughs> joe yeah you know what joey told me today i'll put joey on the spot a little bit what the fuck why not i got kicked out of it he texted me a week ago because joe is kind of getting an mma a little bit but He's not totally focused on things. So, like, you know, he might not remember whose nickname is who. You know, like he'll watch a fight. You kind of remember what that was like, Chevy, right? Mm-hmm. Joe texts me and he goes, I thought Stylebender was a white dude. <laughs> <laughs> nope, quite the opposite. Nope, that's, not, that's not him, no. Yeah, I thought that was funny. But listen, man, he's just talking some sense, drop some stars in here, you know, let us know you like us and take a little royalties. Let's start off with last week's fight card. We had Pazee versus Dos Andros. 
Kicking off the main card was Jamie Malarkey, Michael Johnson. Malarkey with a split decision. What do you got? Fantastic fight. Very back and forth. I think ultimately the fight came down to the first round where both guys actually got rocked in the first round. And I I think that Malarkey was given that round just because he finished the round with Johnson Hurt as opposed to being the first one to get hurt. So super great fight. Michael Johnson was very upset with the judge's scorecard when they saw it was a split decision. He was saying, don't fuck me, don't fuck me. (laughs) And then in his eyes, he got fucked anyway. So I kind of thought that Johnson should have won overall, but it was so close. I mean, you can't really complain too much. Absolutely. And we're going to keep rolling here through these fights. Zahabi, I'm not even going to say his first name, versus Ricky Tarikos. He had a unanimous decision win. What do you remember about this fight? Terrible fight. Tarikos, I don't remember how you pronounce his name, but yeah. he was like doing all this kung fu yelling and stomping and clapping and stuff in the ring, but he wasn't actually landing any punches. I think he had one of the lowest significant strike landed percentages of all time in the UFC. He could not touch his opponents. So I'm not sure where he goes from here. It was kind of an embarrassing performance for him, but terrible Mm. fight. Well, then we went on to heavyweight action. Chase Sherman picking up a performance bonus as he TKO'd Gerald Vendera. Yeah, Vendera. Vendera. So Chase Sherman with a TKO win. Got a performance bonus. How did you see this one? When we were doing the preview for this, I said it was going to be a boring three-round decision. Well, I was super, super wrong. This fight was back and forth the entire time. Very impressive win for Sherman because he was rocked in the fight multiple times. So good on him. I, I know he had a few losses in a row. And uh, so this could be saving his job in the UFC for now. Good for him. And then Sed Nurmagomedov. Saeed, uh, I believe his name Saeed. is. That makes more sense. Versus Douglas Silva de Andrade. Nurmagomedov gets the unanimous decision win. How did you see this? Oh, yeah, it was, you know, typical Saeed fight. Although the only concerning thing is he was starting to look pretty tired when come round three. So hopefully he can get that sorted out because once he starts fighting these ranked opponents, he can't be getting tired in round three. He'll be getting trounced. So That's he's got, got things to work on for sure, but. He got the win. Phantom weight division, too. Yeah, no yeah. room. Kind of yeah. Yep, got to have cardio for days. At this fight, I think you told me you fell asleep in cardio. I did, I did fall asleep during this card. He did this fight. Win. So we'll just, co-main event was not very impressive for Chevy. Cario Bahara gets the win. But main event, I'm guessing you must at least saw highlights of this. Rafael Fazee versus RDA. It was a KO punch, and it was in round five. Yeah. 18 yeah. seconds left. Uh, he got a performance bonus for this. Yeah, it was. this was a good fight. I'm super impressed with Fazeev's takedown defense. I know he had a 95 or something like that, 95% takedown defense, but he's been fighting kickboxers and the likes of, you know, Brad Verdell and stuff like that. Not a legend in Dos Anjos. So the fact that I think he only got taken down like one or two times the whole fight and he managed to get back up says a lot about where he's going to be going from here. So great win for him, for sure, to retain the power. I know some people are upset with the stoppage, but you could tell when Dos got clipped on the way down, his eyes were 
you know, gone. He had no focus. He he was definitely out. So I thought it was a good stoppage. As far as going forward for Fazeev, while he has great takedown defense, I think he's in trouble against people like Islam, Makachev, or you know, obviously Oliveira, the most prolific submission artist in UFC history, or even like a Dariush, who, you know, could possibly be his next opponent. Dariush is very well-rounded, mm. and he is a, an amazing black belt if he can get that fight to the ground. So I don't even know if he needs to get it to the ground. He could get on Fazeev's back standing, and, and I think he'd be in big trouble. So I, I think that's what he needs to work on. BJJ, you know, all his stand-up is absolutely phenomenal. Takedown defense is phenomenal. So that's what he's got to work on. Yeah, and like you said, it's just such a loaded division. So <laughs> there's always yeah. room for improvement in that division because guys that are so good just keep getting better at everything too. I mean, Charles Alvaro was like, at one point in his career, was like a featherweight that was like in the middle of the pack. He was like 10 and 10 or something like that. Yeah, and it's just one of the all-time greats, Hall of Fame yeah. career, lightweight champ. Incredible. Yeah. All right, let's get to Ortega versus Rodriguez. Before we get to the main card, there's some prelim fights I think you'd like to highlight. Yeah, just a couple fights to keep an eye out for. The, the whole prelim card is pretty good. It's just relatively unknown fighters, but good matchups. So Bill Algio is fighting Gilbert Burns' younger brother, Herbert Burns. That's a good matchup. Ricky Simone and Jack Shore could be the best fight on the prelims matchup-wise. Ricky Simone is great wrestling. Jack Shore, I think, is undefeated. Just great all-around fighter. So shout out to those guys. And then headlining the prelims is Punahele Soriano. And I'm going to butcher this guy's name, but Dalcha Limbula. Uh, Lungbula two, you know, knockout heavy fighters. So I, I think you're going to see a war in that one. And I bet that's what the UFC is going for with this being the main event of the prelims on ABC. ABC again, too. All right. Yeah. Great for them. Great for these fighters to get that platform being on ESPN and ABC both. Kicking off this main card, a fight we talked about in the past already because we had recorded early and the fight ended up getting canceled off uh, the last pay-per-view. But Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate. I'm not going to go through these records again for these girls just because we've done it. But I'm going to pick Tate here. I think the exciting thing here about this is... First off, no disrespect to Lauren Murphy. This is a great opponent for her. And we're going to find out where Tate actually is in this flyweight weight class class to start off because Murphy's a former Invicta Bantamweight champion. She's got a lot more experience at this weight class. But, you know, Tate, former Strikeforce Bantamweight champion, former UFC Bantamweight champion, she does nothing half-ass. She's going all in. And she's really the story of this fight is to kind of see how Tate's going to perform here. I hope she does well. I'm going to pick Tate. But I'll pick it by decision. Yeah, just a reminder, this main event or this main card will be starting at 2 p.m. Eastern. So shout out to the UFC for giving us another early card. So we love that. As far as Lauren Murphy and Misha Tate, yeah, we talked about this. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going with Misha Tate. She's taking her weight cut down to 125 serious. She did it the right way. And I think the fact that Lauren Murphy is now recovering from COVID because that's why the fight initially was postponed. Now that's not going to do her any favors in the cardio or anything like that strength area. So I think that just sways it even more towards Misha Tate. And I'm excited to see where she's at in this division for sure. Shane Burgos versus Charles Jourdain. Jourdain is 13, four and one. He's got eight KOs, four subs, only one decision for this guy. Fight at a night one time, a victory over the Korean super Superboy Duho Choi, which was a uh, mm-hmm knockout then you got shane burgos who's 14 and 3 five ko's five subs four decisions and he's had four tonight four four times charles rosa 
Calvin Cater, Josh Emmett, Edson Barboza. I'm going to say Shane's has a little bit of the edge in overall stiff competition. This looks like it's going to be a barn burner. Fireworks. I'm going to go Burgos, but man, this could go either way. I think it's going to be a finish for one of these guys. I'll go Burgos round two TKO. Yeah, I agree. I think if the main event wasn't the main event, I would think this would be fight of the night, but I don't think there'll be a finish. I think both guys are super tough. Both are, you know, relatively equal in all aspects of MMA. So I think you're going to see a, a war that goes to a decision. But I just think, as you said, Burgos has the better strength of schedule. I think that that experience is going to help him get the win. Absolutely. This next one, I might need help with the name. Sue Madiri, I think. Madiri. Jerry, 16 and 4, 13 KOs, one subs, two decision against Matt Snell, who's 15, 6 and 1, two KOs, eight subs, four decisions, one disqualification victory, too. Matt has performance of the night one time, fight of the night one time from the Legacy Fighting Championship. Madiri has a performance of the night once as well. Again, kind of strict schedule thing. I'm going to go with Snell, go decision. Well, I think this really comes down to if Matt can get a hold of Sue. I think if he does, he's going to sub him, but he's going to have to do it early. If he doesn't get a, his hands on him, get him down and sub him early, I think he's going to get knocked out. But I think it's probably the better bet. I think he gets knocked out in round two or three. All right. And everyone is distracted. My allergies are killing me. <laughs> yeah. I got a bad neck, but we're going to keep going on. <laughs> and so, it's hot. And it's hot. We got Jingle Lang here. Lee Jingle Lang. He is 18 and 7. Nine KOs, four subs, five decisions. This guy's had two fight of the nights. He's had four performance of the nights. He always brings it. He's taking on, let's see if we get this name right, Muslim Sakahov? Salkioff. All right, 18 and two, 12 KOs, two subs, four decisions. He's had a performance of the night too. Huh, this actually looks like a banger too. Good matchup, yeah. Yeah, I like Lee. I'm always a little partial to him. I'll go in my heart. I'll say he gets it done round three TKO. Yeah, I also like Lee. I think that he has a point to prove because his last fight out, I think it was his last fight. He might have one sense, but he came out and he got subbed very early on. Big brothered by Hazmat. So yep. I think he's got a point to prove. But I, I think he has the power advantage, but I do think that Muslim is a more technical fighter. I think he's going to clip Lee because Lee likes to be in a brawl. I think he gets clipped and uh, gets finished by Muslim. I'm going to say round three. All right. And then we got. I hope not, though. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Lovely. We got an interesting fight next to the karate hottie, Michelle Watterson, 18 and 9, three KOs, nine subs, six decisions, performance of the night, fight of the night, former Adam Weight Championship in Invecta. I, I, I bring that up because sometimes she is a little outsized. Like there is no Adam Weight class in the UFC. That's 105 uh, pounds, so yeah. that's not in the UFC. She's taking on Amanda Lemos, who's 11-2-1, seven KOs, two subs, two decisions. She's had fight at night one time, a split decision victory over Andrea Hill. Her last fight was she was submitted early by Jessica Andrade. So like you said in the last fight, I think the she's... standing arm triangle, I think, too. Yeah. That well, was that fight. I think she's got a point to prove here. And I think Michelle Watterson, as much as I love her, I think she's on the backside of her career right now. I like Lemos here. I'm, I'm going to even say a sub. I'm going to say round two. Yeah, I'm with you. I do think Michelle is, you know, past her peak at this point. I don't think she's done by any means, but she's past her peak. She's undersized for sure. This is a bad matchup for her. 
with Lemos's power. I just think that Waterson's going to have a hard time getting Lemos to respect her power. I don't think Michelle's really going to be able to hurt her, and Lemos is going to walk through whatever she throws early and probably hurt Michelle and KO, or I'm going to say around two KO Lemos, but I hope hope I'm wrong with that one also. We will see. Yeah, that's definitely a fight that I don't know. I feel bad because I do love Michelle Watson. I feel bad saying that she's on the back, but I just don't know. Her last couple performances, I don't know. I just feel like she's not. I, I think the sport is just yes. evolving past what her skill set currently is. You know, she has great stand up and everything, but I mean, I just think the weight cutting of these bigger girls down to her size, you know, she's just outsized, really. Doesn't have the technical skill to empower, really, to make up that gap. And then our main event, if these two are like basketball teams, <laughs> they'd be some of the most exciting teams in the sport. Ortega's mm-hmm. a guy in his first couple UFC fights, he would always fight from behind and then eventually get a choke out. I want to say his first three fights were that way. Like he was down on all judges' scorecards and he ended up getting submissions. Rodriguez has got one of the craziest finish of all time, a fight he was losing to the Korean zombie. He finishes him with a back upwards elbow with like one second left in the fifth round of the main event. So getting to their records, Ortega's 15, 2, and 1. Three subs, uh, sorry, three KOs, seven subs, five decisions. Fighting a night five times, performance of the night twice. He's coming off that loss to Alexander Volkanovsky. He sounds like a guy with a good mindset, too. Like when he talks about that fight, like, you know, I'm expecting a better version of Ortega here. Rodriguez, 13, three and one, four KOs, three subs, six decisions. He was the Latin American winner on the Ultimate Fighter. Fighting a night five times. Yeah, I mean, again, a guy who constantly improves. The one thing about him, he doesn't always seem as active, but he always seems like he's doing a lot in between there because he always comes back a much better fighter. I'm not going to be surprised, again, if we see a completely different Yair and he's somebody that can pull this off. That being said, based on her past performances, I feel Ortega's just that guy who's just right below Holloway and Volkanovski, and then it's Yair. So I got Ortega. I think for a while, beyond the feet, and that's going to be back and forth where Lair might even get the better of the while. But at some point, this is going to the ground or Ortega's is going to get his hands on him and he's going to submit him. Yeah, it's tough. I think it'll be a while. I'm going to go round four. Guillotine choke. Yeah, I, so I think this fight is going to be a war. I think this is going to end up being Ortega shows, you know, he's too tough for his own good. It's going to let the ego, his ego get the best of him and try to stand up with Yair because I believe if he got a hold of him, just worked for takedowns, took him down, he is the much better. Yair is slippery on the ground. He has long limbs and everything, but but Ortega has some of the best jujitsu in MMA, period. So if he was to do that, I think that's his path to victory, easiest path to victory. I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to stand up with Yair and and do okay, but the distance management for Yair, his creativity on the feet, I, I think he just ends up piecing up Ortega a little bit, you know, maybe doesn't hurt him, but pieces him up a little bit, outpoints him and and, and just wins a decision. But I, I think it's going to be a war. I like both guys, but I would like, I'm rooting for Brian in this one. I would like to see him achieve his potential and do the easiest path to victory, yeah. get a takedown and submit 
so, you know, he's the far superior grappler. It's interesting. We're both thinking the same thing, though, that he is going to try to strike on him at least. See, I think he eventually does smarten up at this fight, though, at some point and goes and gets what he wants. You see it being maybe a little too late, and you see Yair with the victory. And we're both admitting, though, because these guys are constantly improving, too, we're not sure what versions we're going to see by the time these fights. And we don't say that about everybody, but there's a few fighters, too. It's like, you know, especially this weight class, too. Volkanovski, Holloway. Yair and Ortega. We both thought Holloway was going to win the last fight against Volkanovski. And I think we based that off the first two fights, which even though we're very close, we thought Holloway was edge and we know they're both improving. But by the time that fight showed up, Volkanovski was a completely different fucking fighter. Mm -hmm. And I feel that way with these two, too. I think this is the greatest division. I don't want to say the greatest division in the UFC, but it's it's right up there with it. I think it's Bantamweight, uh, Featherweight, and Lightweight in no particular order. But just those three weight classes... Uh, 135, 145, and 155 are outstanding. But yeah, this should be an amazing, amazing. I'm super excited for this. And this could be potentially one of the fight of the years. Or like you said, maybe Ortega takes a smart path to victory and you know gets it done early. Either way, excited to see this. Why don't we tell them one more time what we got coming up? All right. So this, again, 2 p.m. Eastern card this this weekend. So thanks again, UFC. We just got to show some appreciation, you know, because we really <laughs> like those ones. Next week, July 23rd, UFC. See Fight Night Blades versus Aspinall. Another early card, 3 p.m. Yep. That's from London. That whole card is going to be phenomenal. We're looking forward to that one. End of the month, July 30th, we're going to be previewing UFC Fight Night 277, Pena versus Nunez 2 for the Bantamweight title. And then August 6th, previewing UFC Fight Night Santos versus Hill. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about Jake Paul and Hasim Rahman Jr. We'll see. Goes down. All right, guys. Sort of combat cast this week. I'm limping out of here. Everything going on. But we always appreciate your support. And we'll be back next week talking more combat action. Thank you, guys. All right. So that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 